Hello everyone, and um, welcome back to the Substitute Podcast. I'm sorry it's been a it's been a while. I've been a I've been busy, but I'm back, and there's something a little bit different this week. It's just me, as you can probably tell from you know the title and everything. But I'm gonna give you like a brief, um, just like a brief description of like the TCG, how you play it, and a little bit on deck building because recently I uh, I attended a pre-release event with some. With some people that I met through Instagram and, and Discord, and it was really fun. But a lot of them didn't really know how to play the game, and that's totally fine because you know it's not something everyone knows how to do. But I uh, I suggested the idea of doing a podcast where I you know go from like the bare basics all the way through to maybe how you start building your own your own decks. And um, and yeah, they said it was something they'd be interested in. So I I will be going from like literally the bare basics. So I'll stick, if you're watching this on Instagram, on Instagram, watch this on YouTube, I'll put, um, put timestamps in the description. So if you want to skip, you know, if you know the formats, if you know the rules, if you just want to get to the deck building part, then you can skip to that. Uh, if you're listening to it on Spotify or Google podcasts, I will put them in the description so you can kind of look and manually do it yourself. So yeah, the TCG uh, is a, it's a big part of, of Pokemon. I mean, it's, it's initially was the only real part of, of Pokemon that, people were interested in it back in the 90s. People did collect the cards, sure, but the intention of Pokemon is to always be a trading card game. So you trade, you build your decks, and then you play. And this has been evident, and is with most TCGs, because they release theme decks. So theme decks are a good place to start. Before I get into any of the actual rules and anything, if you want to just you know pick up a deck and play, I would recommend theme decks. They you know They're not expensive. They're maybe eight nine pounds you can get them cheaper from lots of places and you can also get the two player theme decks as well so i you know i wanted to get back into playing the game in person with my my girlfriend she agreed to play with me and we got a two a two player theme deck and we both picked a deck and just played and so you know they're about depends on which one i guess because some of them are more playable than others so i'll talk later about the uh, zashian Arceus, Dialga, and Palkia tag team GX. That's, that's a popular deck, and there's a theme deck for that, which is quite expensive, but you can get, you know, less expensive ones. You can also get old ones. So I have a, a black and white era theme deck, like double theme deck that I bought. So, you know, they're, you know, there's widely available. Also, you could just buy them when they come out with each set. So Evolving Skies has a couple, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so... Where we're going to begin is, like I said, the bare basics. So, the first thing we need to talk about is the different formats that the game has. So there are four main formats, and then there are a few like other variational formats that aren't as popular. So, like I said, theme decks are a format, right? So you have a theme deck, you just open the theme deck and just play with that. That's that's uh, you know that's one format. It's not that common, but a lot of people play it if they're you know new to the game or haven't built the deck themselves. The most common format is standard. And standard is basically the the main competitive format that people play. So if you go to a tournament or you watch uh, the World Championships or whatever, most likely it's going to be standard. So what what is standard, I guess? So standard is standard is basically the most recent rotation of of cards. So I guess, you know, for people who don't play competitively, the word rotation might not necessarily mean anything to you. Again, obviously, if this is all, this is all, you know, stuff that you know, then you can just skip forward. But, you know, if you don't, if you don't know, then what rotations are is basically every year or so, 
the Pokemon company come out and say, we are going to rotate the format. And what that means is that it means that anything before a certain date or before a certain set is no longer legal in standard. So the next rotation is coming up in, well, I think it's the 10th of September. So, you know, just under, just under two weeks. And in that format, anything that is before Sword and Shield base, so any Sun and Moon sets, are no longer legal in standard. And um, what they've done with the... They've clearly made an effort, Pokemon, to promote people playing the game. So what they've done is any card that you have that has a little next to the set symbol and the you know, set number, there is a little D in a box, and any card that has a D on it is standard in the 2021 season. So all your Sword and Shield cards should have that little D on them. And all the cards from before do not, which is something they added, which is new, which I, I didn't realise until I read about it on the Pokemon website, but it's yeah, it's, they're all on every card, so... Um, so yeah, Standard is, is the main format. There's also Expanded. So Expanded is a way, basically, of people playing the decks that they built for the previous rotations and, you know, to carry on playing them. So Standard is only Sword and Shield. Expanded will be anything that's black and white and forward. So Expanded is always growing with every rotation. You can play Standard cards in Expanded. What a lot of times a lot of people do is they will play a standard deck in Expanded, they will sub out some cards that are no longer legal in Standard, uh, have been rotated out, and they will build a deck that way. It's quite a common way to do that. I mean, when I used to play, so I used to play online quite a lot, um, not really in person, but I used to build Expanded decks where you'd have, you know, a standard deck, and then you just add a few bits that aren't, aren't Standard anymore just to make it a little bit more consistent, a little bit better. But we'll talk about deck building and stuff later. And then the final format is Legacy. So Legacy was introduced as like an online-only format, really, but you can play in person. Um, and that's anything from Heart Gold, Soul Silver onwards. Um, so literally any card that you want doesn't have to, you know, a lot of people will do a similar thing. Like when you take a standard deck, you add legacy cards to it. Um, a lot of people will play legacy just with like legacy theme decks and then add a few cards to it. I know I've got a couple of decks on PTCGO, um, which... I just basically have like a legacy deck, legacy theme deck, and I've just added a few more modern bits to it. And there's one last final format, which is, is hardly ever played, but that's unlimited. And unlimited is anything goes, basically. You can put anything in your deck, uh, any number of cards, any number of, you know, trainers or whatever. Um, but yeah, so with, with standard, there are some rules when it comes to deck building. So standard, expanded, and legacy have these have these rules. Unlimited doesn't. Again, Unlimited is kind of a mess. Like, a lot of people don't really play Unlimited unless you want to play, like, you know, just, like, a fun meme deck with, with a friend or whatever. Um, so so deck building rules. There are not that many rules when it comes to deck building. Um, obviously, I said in Standard. In Standard is anything that's in the current rotation. Uh, expanded Black and White before. And Legacy is, is Heart God, Sword, Silver and before. But um, apart from that, the only other two rules, really, is that you have to have 60 cards in your deck. Uh, that includes all... Pokemon, all trainers, and all energies. Um, it has to be exactly 60, can't be any more, any less. And then you're not allowed more than four of each card name. So what that means is, say for example, you have a Professor's Research. You're only allowed four cards that are called Professor's Research. Um, and it's, it's that simple, really. The only exception is energies. Energies, you can have as many energies as you like, because otherwise it would be, you know pretty difficult to actually play the game if you're limited to four of each type of energy. And you could distribute these 
you know, the, num- the number of Pokemon, the number of trainers, the number of items, stadiums, energies, any way you like, as long as you do not exceed the 60 card limit, or go under the 60 card limit, or exceed more than four of each n- card name. Um, so what you quite often with the card name is you can have you could have six or seven cards with the same Pokemon, as long as they're not the same thing. So you might have, say, a Darkrai V, or... And then like a, four copies of Darkrai V. I'm not sure if there is a Darkrai V, but whatever. Uh, and then you might have like a Darkrai Prism Star, and then also like a Darkrai Hollow. Like that's not that's not cheating. You're allowed those, but they have because they are three different distinct types of cards, and you have no more than four of each one. So yeah, um, that's pretty much you know the formats. Um, so I guess the next thing to do is is how to play really. So everything. That I'm going to say is available as like a, a leaflet, or like a booklet or whatever, on the Pokemon website. So if you ever need anything Pokemon TCG related, they have the Pokemon website has all of the rules and all of that kind of thing. So Pokemon rules don't change too much. Um, the only way that they change generally is when you have like a, a new mechanic added. So for example, in Sword and Shield, we have VMAX. In Sun and Moon, we have Tag Teams. Um, we had GXs, and then before we had, like, in X and Y, we had Megas, and these, you know, they changed the rules ever so slightly, um, but, like, it's never too much of a difference, I'll be honest. When you play, there's, like, an order of play, basically, as there is with most most card games. So this is directly from the Pokemon website. Um, the first thing that you're supposed to do is shake hands with your opponent, which, you know, you should do. In in official tournaments, you should, although with, with COVID, maybe, maybe a fist bump will do. So... What you do is flip a coin. Winner of the coin flip goes first, or they can they actually decide. So you can go first or second. Certain decks will benefit going first or second. Um, I probably won't talk about this in this podcast because it's quite you know it's quite deck dependent, and uh, usually you want to go first, but some decks will want to go second for reasons that I will explain in a minute. You shuffle you shuffle your deck and you draw seven cards. First thing you do is you see if you have any basic Pokemon in your hand, from the seven that you've drawn, you choose one. If you have one, then you'd have no choice. You put the down as your active. If you have more than one, you put one down as your active, and then you can put any number on your bench. Um, so that's the first thing you do. And so once you're, you and your opponent both have that, uh, you can then carry on with the deck. So quite often, you won't draw a basic Pokemon if you play a certain, certain deck type, uh, especially further back decks not so much now there are quite a lot of big basics big basic pokemon when i say big i mean high hp in the in the modern kind of rotation and and meta game Uh, but back in the day you quite often would have like an evolution pokemon be quite big so you'd maybe not draw a basic so what do you do if that happens well it's called a mulligan and what happens is you take your hand you you show your opponent um and then you say, like, you know, sorry, I didn't get a basic. Shuffle it back into your deck, and then you keep going. So you keep keep drawing seven cards till you have a basic. Every time you do this, your opponent gets to draw an extra card. So they, they may draw an extra card. They don't have to, but most of the time. You know, having, say, if you mulligan twice, having an extra two cards on your first turn is, is quite useful. So once you've done this, and you've set all this up, you've got your basics down, you've got the rest of the cards in your hand, the next thing to do is to take the top six cards of your deck and use them as prize cards. So prize cards are important to the game because it's one of the win conditions. And I will go through all the win conditions in a second once I've said how to set it up. 
but you use six. We have six prize cards, and these are literally just the top six cards of your deck, and they go face down, so you don't know what they are, and neither does your opponent. Then the next thing you do is once you're happy, you've got all your prize cards, and then you flip your basic, your active Pokemon and all your bench Pokemon, and then you start playing. So this is where, uh, you know, going first or second actually makes a difference. So when you take your turn, uh, there's three basic, you know, three basic stages. So the first thing you do, start off every turn, draw a card, just top card off your deck. And then you can do any of the following things. So you can play Pokemon from your basic Pokemon from your hand to your bench. You can do this as many times as you want to. You can evolve your Pokemon as many times as you want to, although not on the turn that you've played them. So if you put a basic down, you can't evolve it until the next turn, unless you have a card that specifically says that you can, or you find an item card that will allow you to do it. Uh, you can attach an energy card from your hand to one of your Pokemon. You're allowed to attach one card, one energy card from your hand to your Pokemon once per turn. There are other cards that allow you to do more, and we'll talk about this later. Um, but you can only really do one formal attachment from your hand. You can play trainer cards. So trainer cards have three different types. So there's supporter, stadium, and item. You're allowed to play unlimited items in your turn, but you're only allowed to play one supporter and one stadium card per turn. And the next thing is you can retreat your active Pokemon. So on cards, they have a... On the bottom left-hand, right-hand corner, sorry, you have a retreat cost. So your retreat cost is basically your, you know, what you have to pay to retreat your Pokemon manually. So if your retreat cost is two, if you have two energies attached to your Pokemon, you basically sacrifice those two energies to retreat your Pokemon. So they go to your discard pile, and then you swap your Pokemon out for another. There are plenty of cards that will allow you to do this like without sacrificing energies. There's also cards such as Air Balloon that reduce this cost. There's also some stadiums that reduce the retreat cost. And there are also Pokemon abilities. Again, it's you know it's, these are the basic, basic rules, but they are subject to change based on what you've got actually on your, bit, on your field. And then abilities. So you can use abilities as many times as you want. Quite often, you will be limited by the Pokemon's ability to only using it once per turn. But again... All the, that kind of information is found on the cards that you're playing with. And then the final thing you do is you can attack and that ends your turn, or you can not attack and just pass and end your turn. So that's basically the order of play. The only, you know, just a couple of things to elaborate on that. When you evolve a Pokemon, what you do is you put that Pokemon on top of the one that you evolved it from. So if you take a basic and you want to evolve it to a stage one, you put it on top. When you evolve a Pokemon, the amount of damage counters on it stays the same, but if it is affected by a status condition, it disappears when it evolves. So, say, for example, your Pokemon is poisoned, you can evolve it to remove the poison. Quite often, this is not necessary, because also when you have a status condition, if you retreat your Pokemon to your bench, the status condition goes away. So if you are poisoned and you retreat your Pokemon, the poison goes away. Uh, an important thing here is that you can't evolve, you can't evolve a Pokemon on your first turn, regardless if you go first or second. Uh, so just, you know, bear that in mind, unless you are, you know, unless there is a specific card that allows you to do that. So 
yeah, back to the whole, you know, would you like to go first or second? The benefit of going first is obviously that you get to get things out and get the advantage, you know, time-wise. So you basically have an extra turn on your opponent because you're always one turn ahead. On your first t- on your first turn, if you go first, you can't attack. So you can do all these other things. You can't evolve on your first turn, like I said, but you, I mean, like you can't attack on your first turn. So you can, you know, use trainers. You can attach. You can use items. You can use abilities, but you can't actually attack your opponent's Pokemon. But if you go second, you can. So there are quite a lot of decks. Um, not necessarily so much now, but there used to be a lot of decks that would voluntarily go second set up really quickly and then try and end the game as early as possible and that brings me on to the win conditions of how you actually win the game there's three ways to win so you take prize cards by knocking out your opponent's pokemon um all normal pokemon generally are one prize card so any basic pokemon that's not like a v or a g a v max or a gx or the fusion that's coming up. I don't know quite how they're going to work, but they will work. What you do is just knock out Pokemon, take the prize cards, and if your opponent... If you are if you have no prize cards left, and your opponent does, then you win. Um, and that's, you know, basically the way most, most games end. So the second one is to leave your opponent with no Pokemon on the field. So, obviously, you always have to have an active... So you knock out your opponent's, uh, you know, score bunny that they start with. They have nothing on their bench to replace it. Then you win. Quite a lot of the time, games will end. This games will end quickly this way, um, and it tends to be unlucky draws or poor deck building where you don't have enough basics. Not as much of a problem nowadays as basic Pokemon are quite common, um, especially since you've got like you know GXs and tag teams and V cards, which are strong and also basic. The third way you can win is by decking out your opponent. And decking out is essentially just if your opponent has no cards left to draw at the start of their turn. So if you know, you have to draw at the start of your turn, it's a requirement for your turn. If you get to the start of your turn, and or your opponent gets to the start of their turn, they can't draw, then they lose. This doesn't tend to happen too often. And there are there are decks that their entire focus is trying to make your opponent deck out. Um, they're not as common as they used to be. They're kind of annoying to play against, but the general idea is that you basically just frustrate your opponent enough, deny them prize cards, and then they have to keep drawing. And they are annoying, but they yeah, again, not that common nowadays. There's a couple, but yeah, I'll talk a little bit later, a little bit later about how the format is. You know, is quite attacking heavy now so again we'll, we'll cover that there's plenty plenty more to go so the i said about status conditions being removed um so i didn't actually say what they are so there's four so there's poison burn sleep and paralysis so i will just quickly run through this is directly from the pokemon website about what they say so when your pokemon is asleep you turn the pokemon it says counterclockwise and there's a thing called Pokemon Checkup, and Pokemon Checkup is basically at the end of each turn, you generally either like flip a coin or whatever to see if you can remove the status condition. So with sleep, at the end of your turn, uh, you flip a coin, and then 
If you flip heads, the Pokemon recovers, so it's not asleep anymore. And if you flip tails, it stays asleep. So generally you flip you flip this coin at the start of your turn and the end of your turn. So obviously if you flip at the start of your turn and your Pokemon you know wakes up, then you can use it that turn. If it you know a lot of the time you will have Pokemon that or your opponent might have Pokemon, they put you to sleep deliberately, and then it does more damage if you're asleep. Obviously, if you flip the coin at the end of your turn and get heads, and it wakes up, then they can't use this attack. So that's, that's why you do it twice. Um, so then the next thing is burning. Burning's pretty simple. Um, when a Pokemon's burned, it does two damage counters per turn at the end of the turn. Um, it's the same Pokemon checkup mechanic. So you flip a coin, and if it goes heads, then you just remove the burn. The next one is Confused. So Confusion is something that we didn't actually, was actually on the list, but Confusion is a thing. Uh, confusion, it works similar to the way it does in like the video games. So you turn a Confused, a confused Pokemon like the opposite way. So basically upside down. Uh, you flip a coin before you attack. And if you flip heads, then the attack works. And if you flip tails, you do three damage to yourself. So it's the same as hitting yourself in Confusion. So the reason that you turn sleep Pokemon counterclockwise, you turn it clockwise for paralysis. So paralysis is similar to sleep in that like if a Pokemon is asleep or para or paralyzed, then you can't use it that turn. Um a Pokemon gets paralyzed, basically it can't do anything. So you don't get the the flip check. But it only lasts one turn. And then the final one is poison. So poison you put the poison uh, damage marker on it. And a Pokemon can't be poisoned twice. can only be poisoned once. So you can't, you know, in the same way that, like, toxic in the in the video games works, you can't, like, be more poisoned. So every turn, you put one damage counter on that Pokemon. So it does 10 damage. So you can remove, like I said, you can remove these. So if you evolve it or move it to the bench, it removes all the special conditions. There are also other ways of doing it so there are cards like trainer cards and and item cards that can remove special conditions so attacking we've talked about it so it ends your turn how exactly do you go about attacking so basic rules of attacking is that you have to fulfill the energy cost of an attack to perform that attack this is subject to change through stadiums and through abilities and stuff like that but the basic concept is you have on your card the energy requirements, so you either have a type or colourless. Colourless is anything. So, for example, if attack requires three colourless energy, but you have two water energy and an electric energy, it's still fine. But if the requirement is two water and a colourless, and you have two fire energies and a water energy, then that doesn't fulfil the requirement, and therefore you can't attack. There are energy cards like Aurora Energy and other energies like that that just you know represent everything again you have to read the cards as you play them um one thing about pokemon is that like a lot of cut there are a lot of cards and they all do you know quite a lot of them do separate things so you just need to kind of get to grips with the cards that you're using but this all comes with practice i mean once you build your first deck you will be quite able to you know look at the deck that you've got and adapt it and change it and sort of think how oh, can i you know, do I have too many energy in this deck? Do I, want to use, I don't know, do I want to sacrifice a couple of energies to use like an Aurora energy? Do I want to add more Pokemon in? Do I need more trainers? 
it's all, you know, it's all experience. This is where theme decks are good because theme decks have all of this done for you. So theme decks normally aren't incredibly good, although with the battle decks that have recently come out, they are generally the best decks in the format. So the Zacian, Arceus, Dialga, and Palkia GX deck is probably the best deck in the format, uh, although the format is ending in, you know, 11, 12 days or so. But that, that deck is, they did that on purpose, so they wanted to make, you know, the high-powered decks have a low barrier to entry kind of financially. So that deck is, what, 30-ish pounds, I think? Which, considering how much the actual deck costs, is, is, very, is very reasonable. So yeah, with attacking, you just have to meet the energy requirement, and then you have to apply other... You know, if you have a status effect, you have to apply that, but you just go through it methodically. Um, it's easier now because status effects aren't necessarily that popular. And they just, they don't, you know, the, the large emphasis now on in the meta, so the meta, I should probably say, is the most effective tactic available. Meta decks tend to be the best decks. So the Zashian decks are, are very good. Um, and the Zashian deck is, it excels in large amounts of damage very quickly. So, you know, if you're doing 240 damage per turn with a Zashian, 10 damage from a poison every turn is not going to matter. So that's why the the format basically is kind of left behind poison and burn damage. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just not really keeping up. There needs to be, you know, they need to add another stadium or something that increases, you know, the burn damage or the or, you know, confuses your Pokemon, or increases poison damage, or whatever. They're not really keeping up too well. Also, there's quite a lot of, you know, there's, there's a term that you might hear called bench sniping. And bench sniping is, there's quite a lot of cards now, like Zigzagoon, and Inteleon, or whatever. And they can do damage to your opponent's bench. And it's better to have direct damage dealt to your opponent's bench, than it is to have, like, you know, 10 damage per turn poisoning the main Pokemon, like your, po your opponent's active Pokemon. It just, you know, doesn't really keep up with the with the speed of the game. It's a lot faster than it used to be in, you know, sort of four or five years ago. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, there's only one thing that I need to guess say, is like, if you both win at the same time, which it doesn't happen very often, but can happen, if you both win at the same time, um you basically just have to play Sudden Death. So Sudden Death is you play the whole game again, but you start with one prize card. So first knockout wins, basically. It usually is over very quickly because with one prize card, all you need to do is knock out anything. And then you win. So yeah, that's that's basically the formats and the rules. So I thought it would be better to give an example of a deck that is very playable and then sort of explain why it's built the way it is rather than trying to you know, just kind of come up with a deck out of thin air because it's the best deck in the format for a reason, and it is this Zashian. It's called Zashian ADP, so ADP is Arceus, Dialga, and Palkia. Um, Pokemon do a good job, generally, of balancing the TCG, like, in a way that a lot of decks become viable, but this deck is, because of the, basically because of ADP, it's incredibly strong, and ADP is rotating, and so it will be gone, but ADP has dominated the format for the last year or so. And um, and yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where like normally there's not a card that's this powerful, but because they released a card that's this powerful and they didn't ban it, which a lot of people a lot of people really wanted them to ban it, they never did. Um, 
probably because they knew that the rotation was coming up, you know, shortly. And they were just, you know, Pokemon just didn't really think it was necessary, considering it was going to be rotated out soon. So, yeah, ADP dominated the last few years. Um, obviously, there's been no Worlds because of COVID. Um, online tournaments did happen, but not to the, you know, Worlds is, is this this big event, and it was supposed to be hosted, hosted in London in 2019 and 2020. Hopefully, it'll be hosted in... Well, sorry, it was hosted in 2020 and 2021. Hopefully, it'll be, you know, a nice event to go to next year. Uh, should should still be in London next year. So, obviously, I I will try and attend. Um, with, with the popularity of Pokemon increasing in recent... Like, you know, in the last, like, 12 months, it might be difficult to actually get a ticket for Worlds. Um, you never know. But that's, that's you know, that's a different, a different argument for a different time. But, yeah, because there's no per- in-person play, like, decks have basically become less... I wouldn't say less fun, but they've become more consistent in what people use because when you play online, the, the the game speed is a lot faster. So when you play in person, obviously manual shuffling takes a long time. Um, the common format for online games is 10-15 minutes per person. Um, you have like a... It's similar to like chess where you have like a, a clock for yourself. Um, actually, one of the ways you can lose online is running out of time which doesn't tend to happen, but some people it does. But when you play in person, you tend to play best of three, 45 minutes or an hour, depending on what format you play. Um, and yeah, so you play as many games as you can in an hour uh, until best of three. So if you win two games in the hour, then you win. Sometimes you'll, you know, you'll win one game each and then you'll be on your last game and then, you know, you have to cut it short or whatever. Uh, different different tournaments vary. Obviously, the, the format that most people use is the similar to the world's format, so I, I'm pretty sure that's an hour. If I'm wrong, then I apologise. But it's not too important, obviously. Just time limit is, is a thing. So if we look at this Zashian ADP deck, so there's a website called Limitless TCG that I would recommend. Um, it has basically all the decks that are playable or being played right now. Uh, even the ones that are like really obscure, so you can look at decks that are you know the most popular decks in tournaments. You can look at specific tournaments and um, look like where people placed with specific decks. You can look how many people in the lot in you know in the top eight or the top sixteen were playing this specific deck. The different variations, and um, because people tend to keep a similar core for their decks, and maybe make one or two changes here or there. You can also on this website also export them to PTCGO, which is the online thing, which I will mention quite a lot. Um, PTCGO is good because it's free. You don't actually have to buy the cards, and you, if you have code cards that you use from opening packs, which I know a lot of people will just play the game, so they don't tend to open a lot of packs, they tend to just buy the singles. But if you're one of the people who's getting into the game from opening lots of packs, then you know it's quite useful for scanning in the code cards, which you could do through the QR reader or or manually. I would recommend the QR reader. It saves you a lot of time. Um, you can just like scan code cards in. There's an online, there's like a trading platform online, so you can trade for the cards that you want. You can stack up your collection. It's not quite nice sometimes to look through like my online collection to see what I've got, because I played back in like XY predominantly. 
So I have a lot of like cards from XY, a lot of like rare cards. I've got a lot of hidden fates cards that from like codes and stuff that I've scanned in. So yeah, I would you know I would recommend that first. Also, it's less of a financial commitment because buying a deck, especially a good deck, can cost quite a lot. So decks are kind of cheap now because partly because of the rotation, a lot of cards that were expensive are no longer expensive because they are rotating. So Arceus, Dialga, and Palkia at the start of this, or when it first came out, was like you know a 25, 30 pound card. Now it's it's rotating. There's no in person play. Um, so like, there's no real need for people to buy it anymore. A lot of people are selling it off. If you're like a, just a player, then the card is of no use to you anymore. So you can just sell it, try and recoup. So it's now about sort of a seven, eight pound card. Um, again, if you want to play expanded, it's, it's still legal in expanded. So a lot of people won't bother selling it because you know, why, why would they, they don't need to, they don't need the extra money for it. So they will just keep an expanded version of the deck that they're playing. A lot of people will do that. They'll just build a deck. They'll play with it for a year. They'll just put it to one side and be like, every time I want to play with this deck, I've always got it. But anyway, this is actually an ADP deck. I don't have it in. I don't have it in uh, in pounds. I have it in euros or dollars. So I'll go with euros because you know, closest geographically. Uh, and it apparently is a sixty-seven euro deck at this point, right? So. Interestingly, that it's a 67 euro deck, but you could probably just buy the theme deck version and then add the cards to it for half that price. So the good thing that Limitless TCG does as well is it shows you the prices of the cards. And what that tells you is that, you know, predominantly you're spending your money on the Pokemon and you're not really bothering to spend a lot on your trainers. Some trainers are expensive, most are not. So if we go through this this deck, I will uh I'll put a screenshot up on the screen. I'm looking at it now. It's not being recorded my screen, so So the first thing we're looking at is we're looking at Zashian. Zashian V. So Zashian V is, is the main attacker, and what generally you do when you build a deck is you build you build a deck around an attacker or a couple of attackers. So in this case, Zashian V is your main attacker. So Zashian V is great because it has the Intrepid Sword ability. So once during your turn, you can look at the top three cards of your deck and attach any number of metal energies that you find to this Pokemon, which is great. It's a great attack, especially very early game. Um, it does end your turn. So that's, again, early game is great. Like You can basically attach an energy from your hand and then you can attach multiple energies or in theory, up to three energies that you find from uh, this in the Intrepid Sword ability. And you can basically set up in one or two turns. It, you know, it might still take three turns, but most of the time you will find an energy, either on your first or second turn. And then you can Brave Blade. Um, so Brave Blade is its attack. So just 230 without any kind of multipliers or addition. Um, I should have mentioned weakness and resistance. I will mention it in a second. So yeah, it does 230 damage. 230 damage is a nice amount. Uh, if you add, you know, another ability, another... If you add a um, like another item card or something to increase the damage, then it goes up. So for example, Rusted Sword, which is a card that was brought in in Shining Fates, 
that makes the uh, Zashian's V Zashian V's attacks do thirty more damage. So then you're pushing this up to two sixty. Two sixty is a nice a nice amount. A lot of you know V cards will happily like you can knock out happily a lot of V cards with two sixty. And if you knock out a V card, you take two prize cards. So that's good. It's a little bit it's like a tiny bit low for um it's a tiny bit low for V Maxes. And I'm sure the 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 V Fusion cards uh, will have like stupid HP as well, but for like predominantly most V cards, then that's you know that's good enough. So Zashim's your main attacker. So then the support, kind of like supporting cast that you have. So the main one you have is ADP, which is Ar- Arceus Dialga and Palkia GX. So it's a tag team. The first attack it has is good enough, right, to make it viable. So Ultimate Raid has 150 damage, and then search your deck for up to three basic energy cards and attach them to your Pokemon in any way you like, then shuffle your deck. So this is good in two ra- two reasons. Well, three, I guess. One, 150 is a decent amount of damage. The finding... but like, You can find three basic energy cards from your deck, so you can physically search your deck to find them, and then, you know, attach them any way you like. So you, this deck uses three Zashian. You might find three th- three Metal Energies and attach one to each of your Zashians. And then you basically are set up for the rest of the game. Um, but also shuffling your deck. Don't underestimate the power of looking at your deck and then shuffling it. So a lot of the time, players will want to look at their deck to see what cards are prized. So if you... you you know, you search through your deck to find these energies. You're not only searching to find energies, you're also searching to see what you actually have in your deck still. So this ultimate ray attack is used quite early, generally quite early. Um, so what you can do is you can look through and say, you, I know I have three Zashi and I know I have a Crobat, I know I have an Elder Goss, I know I have two Dedene GX. You can look through, find the energies, but also see, you know, oh, I only have... I don't have my Crobat, which means it must be prized. I don't have, you know, I only have one of my Dedene GXs. It must be prized. So don't underestimate the power of looking through your deck and then shuffling. Also, it's quite useful because when you look through your deck, it is in order. So if you see that your, you know, your Crobats and your Dedenes are at the bottom of your deck, once you shuffle, they won't be there anymore. So obviously it could be, you know, it can be a little bit of a, a double-edged sword where you might see your deck and see that you know the next six cards that you need are at the top of your deck and that you would you would draw them but quite often it is you know is a benefit to look through your deck so the second attack that the Arceus Diaga and Palkia has is its kind of main selling point and this is altered creation gx and so this is the reason that this card has been so dominant and so broken in the format, is that for the rest of the game, your Pokemon's attacks do 30 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon before applying weakness and resistance. So let's just take that initially. So if you have a Zashian V, it does 230 with Brave Blade. If you attach a Rusted Sword, it does 260. If you if you then use Auto Creation, it does 290. So 290 is enough to knock out pretty much any GX card and pretty much any tag team card as well. 
So if you're hitting 290 a turn, you can knock out your opponent's ADP. You can knock out your opponent's Mew and Mewtwo GX, which is another popular deck. You can knock out your opponent's uh, Pikachu and Zekrom GX tag team. So the like just the extra 30 damage really pushes it over the top and makes it that, you know, that incredible deck where if you knock out a tag team, you take three prizes. So with a Zashian, if you have a Zashian with Rusted Sword and Auto Creation GX in effect, you basically only have to knock out two things and you win the game. And this is what's made the deck so quick. And that's not even where it we you know where it ends. So if you if this Pokemon has at least one extra water energy attached to it, which bear in mind you need for the ultimate ray attack anyway, when your opponent's Pokemon is knocked out, you take an extra prize card. So if you knock out your opponent's tag team, which bear in mind you can now do enough damage to knock out tag teams in one hit, you can take four prize cards. So all you need to do then is knock out anything else and you've won the game. So this is why this card is is so dominant with with Zashian V, is that you can not only boost Zashian's damage, you can also essentially win the game in two knockouts. And it's not even just two, it's not even, you know, you don't, it's not like it's two knockouts and you have to knock out certain things, you get choice. So with this, you could knock out two V cards. And because you get the extra prize cards, you get three for each knockout and you win. You could knock out a tag team and, you know, a regular non-GX or V and you win. So this is why this card is so broken, basically. But you can't, you know, you can't just hope that you pack Zashian and Arceus, not pack them, sorry, that you draw them. Because if you think about it, these are only five cards in your 60-card deck. That's a 1 in 12 chance in any particular turn that on your draw, you will draw one of these. So the next, you know, the next basically, if you discount energy, if you discount energy, which... You know, energy is, is neither here nor there, right? You put as much energy in as you need, you refine it over time. Um, with the ultimate ray attack and Zashian attack, like you want to have a decent amount of energy just so you can find it. Um, but, you know, it's not it's not that big a deal, right? They've basically eight metal and three water is, has been refined over the format and they found that this is kind of perfect. Some people play more, some people play less. So the next kind of like the next 50, 46 44 cards are basically to allow your strategy to work as smoothly as possible and as quickly as possible and this is where your support pokemon come in and your trainers so first support pokemon is dedene dedene was the best card that you know the best support trainer support trainer support pokemon in the format for a very long time so that's because of its ability. So its attacks are just neither here nor there. Dead A change is great. So when you play it from your hand to your bench, you can discard your hand and draw six cards. So you put Dedene on your bench, you take your cards in your hand, which are not useful to you, and you draw six more. So it basically allows you to filter through your deck nice and quickly, get new cards, and because it's a Pokemon ability, not a trainer, you can use Dede Change as many times as you want, like throughout the game, right? So you only just use it once per turn, but you can take your Dede. You can, you know, this has two Dede, two Dedenes, so you can play one on one turn, 
and then you can do it again the next turn. So, yeah, that's great. And then they introduced Crobat. And Crobat does the same thing. So, Crobat does, well, not the same, but very similar. So, with Crobat, you can draw until you have six. So, you don't have to discard your hand. So, Crobat offers something a little bit different. So, with Dedenne, if your hand is terrible and you just don't, you know, you say you have lots of trainer cards that, you know, it's too late in the game for them to matter. You keep drawing tool cards and you just don't have anywhere to attach them or whatever. You could just, you know, bin off your hand and get something new. Crobat is useful if, say, you have uh, a card in your hand. You have, like, two cards in your hand. Both of them are useful, but you need, like, maybe you need another energy or you need, like, a, you need, like, a switch or something. You know, or you just want something, you know, just want something else. Maybe you want, you know, want to, like, fish for a Zashian in your deck or something. You have the ability to do that. So you play Crobat onto your bench, and then you draw until you have six. You can use this once per turn. Uh, there's only one in this deck anyway, so obviously you don't use it once the whole game, but you can, you know, carry on, carry on, you know, doing this. Also, there are cards that where you can retreat your Pokemon from the field back to your hand, and then if you retreat it back to your hand, you can play again. Next one is Eldegoss. So Eldegoss was introduced in Sawnshield base. Uh, so this has another similar ability. So when you play it from your hand to your bench, you can put a supporter card from your discard pile into your hand, which I feel like is pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty useful. We'll talk about trainers in a bit. Uh, Marwile. So you'll see quite commonly that a lot of these Pokemon are used for purely their abilities. So Marwile, Captivating Wink. So when you play it from your hand to your bench, you have your opponent veal their hand and put any number of basic Pokemon you find onto their bench. So... What this does is it allows you to put cards onto your opponent's bench, which you can then switch up using boss's orders and then knock them out for easy prize cards. Uh, Orangaroo is pretty, pretty like a pretty common staple. Uh, will not rotate this card in the next rotation. So you can switch a card from your hand with the top card of your deck. It allows you to not only look at the top card of your deck and get a new card, but it also allows you to say, Say you have a card in your hand, you know you need it next turn, but you're planning on discarding your hand, you can put that card on top of your deck, keep it there so it's not discarded, discard your hand, and then draw draw more cards. Uh, Zamazenta, again, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by your opponent's VMAX. It's basically like a buffer. Um, so you put this card in, if a person has a VMAX, they can't attack you. So... VMAXs are quite popular, obviously, now, especially with the upcoming format. VMAX is going to be super popular. Um, so, like, requires a VMAX. Um, Umbreon VMAX, to a lesser extent, if like, you don't really want to attack with an Umbreon, it's mainly for its ability as well, but, like, you know, it's immune to those kind of attacks. Um, and then Cryogonal, which is just really annoying. So it just basically stops your opponents playing item cards from their hand. Um, Cryogono is one of those cards where it's like it's just like an extra, it's like you don't need it um, but the person who built this deck would have built the deck had a couple of spaces free and then just added a few extra bits so it's another way that people people like customise their decks basically by building like a core it's generally sort of like 50 to 55 cards and then just add some extra bits in for a little bit of variety depending on what they feel like they need so yeah Cryogono's there and obviously it's quite annoying um Item cards are useful for, you know, a little bit of extra damage, like you said with Rusted Sword or um, 
things like air balloon, which reduces your retreat cost and stuff like that. So energies, we mentioned those again. Nothing special about energies. It's just the typings that you want. So then trainers. You will see with this deck, there seems to be a massive disparity between everything else and trainers. You have more trainers than anything else combined. And the reason for this is that trainers are what gives your deck... Basically, it gives your deck consistency. So it allows you to find the things that you need. It allows you to do the extra bit of damage that you want. It allows you to find the Pokemon that you want. It allows you to recycle your hand, uh, switch out your opponent's Pokemon, switch out your Pokemon, transfer energy between Pokemon. It's like, you know, so it's it really does help having, you know, a strong core of trainers. Um, so I'll quickly run through these because, you know, they all, they all are pretty self-explanatory. So Professor's Research, a staple... There's always a card like this in every format. Discard your hand and draw seven cards. So it was, it was Bill in, in base set. And then they had um, Professor Sycamore. And like every... every uh, Professor Sycamore was obviously quite a lot later. But they, every year they have, um, you know, a card that does this. So same with Marnie. Like Marnie obviously not, you know, is a Sword and Shield character. But there are lots of different cards that do very similar things in every format. So players shuffle their cards, um, shuffle their hand and put it on the bottom of their deck. If either player puts any cards at the bottom of their deck in this way, you draw five and your opponent draws four. It's a way of not only refreshing your hand, but if you know your opponent has a good hand, then you, you know you can just be like disrupting them. Um, it's These trainers are as much about helping you as they are about disrupting your opponent. So that's where boss's orders comes in hand, handy. Like... Switch one of your opponent's bench Pokemon with your active Pokemon. Like it's pretty it's pretty good. Like if you if they have something on the bench that you can easily knock out, then you swap it up, you knock it out, Tet prizes. Quick ball. Discard a card from your hand, find a basic Pokemon, and then put it into your hand. Perfect for this deck. Every Pokemon you have is basic. Metal Saucer. Attach an energy card from your discard pile to one of your bench Pokemon. Brilliant. Powers up Sashian. Powers up RC ADP. Nothing else really requires it. Switch. Switch has literally been in... I think Switch has been in since base set. Every format has a Switch. And it's literally just Switch your acting with one of your benched. This doesn't require a tree cost. Uh, and you can use as many Switches as you want per turn. Because it's an item card. This deck has three. Which I, I usually run four. If I had to run a deck. But obviously this deck, this deck works. So uh, It's probably because they have a very limited amount of Pokemon. In this deck really. Uh, energy switch, super self-explanatory. One moves from one Pokemon to another. Cherish ball, search your deck for a Pokemon GX, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your deck again. Helps you find ADP, helps you find Dedenne, helps you find Marwile. Then the shuffling is always helpful. Also allows you to look through your deck. Uh, energy spinner. So this is one of the cards where like you can benefit by going second. So search your deck for a basic energy, reveal it, put it in your hand. If you go second, it's your first turn. Search for up to three basic energy cards instead of one. So if you go second, if you find this, you're basically set for the whole game, which is pretty good. Uh, great catcher, switch one of your opponent's benched Pokemon GX or Pokemon EX with their active. So it's basically just another boss's orders. This would obviously not be relevant once the format rotates because GXs and EXs aren't playable anymore. So... This would be the kind of thing that you, you get rid of. Recept stamp. Your opponent shuffles their hand into their deck and draws a card for each of the remaining prize cards. 
Reset Stamp is great if your opponent is winning and has a huge hand, which does happen quite often. Only one copy of this is like it's quite niche. Like if you're winning, then it's not great because if you you know if you are absolutely destroying your opponent, they have six prize cards left, and you offer them this, you might give them away back into the game. Tool Scrapper just detaches tools from your opponent's Pokemon. It not necessarily it could be you know it can be yours, it can be your opponent's. Quite often it's your opponent's, but sometimes with you know with your Pokemon, say you attach an air balloon early game to a Zacian, and then you're like actually. I want the extra damage, so you attach a Rusted Sword instead. This allows you to do that. Only one copy of this. It's not that important. Like, depending on what deck you play, it's it can be more useful. But with a deck like this, like generally, because you have three copies of Zacian, you can afford to, you know, place a tool card on a Pokemon that doesn't necessarily need it. Um, Air Balloon lowers retreat cost, so lowers it by two. Zacian's retreat cost is two. So this would mean that if you attach this to a Zacian, you have zero retreat cost, which is, just makes it even better. Rusted Sword, you mentioned, and then Chaotic Swell. So Stadium cards are useful. Chaotic Swell is basically like the anti-Stadium card. So if Chaotic Swell is in play, your opponent has to sacrifice their Stadium to get rid of Chaotic Swell. So basically, if you, you, know, if you have Chaotic Swell in effect, it stops your opponent using a... using a... Um, Stadium card. So yeah, that's that's that deck, pretty much. Um, I tried to explain it in as much detail. I mean, I never played this deck, so I guess I can't explain like you know the subtle nuances of how you play every game. Um, but the reason this deck is the best is because it's it's easy to play. It's very quick, like incredibly fast, uh, which is one of the things that the the meta has that they gained from ADP is that it became so much faster. So like, there's such an emphasis to beat your opponent. To get like you want to get your ADP up if you're using it before your opponent, or you want to get in a position where you can deny them the auto creation attack. Um, a lot of reason, like sorry, the one of the ways that this Pokemon was countered is that people start using things like Crushing Hammer. So Crushing Hammer discards energy for your opponent. ADP basically introduces whole of like if you can't beat them, join them mentality where like people tried really really hard to beat ADP, but it's just in certain you know, circumstances, it's so good and it's so quick that there's really nothing you can do about it if you get unlucky. There are there are counters to this. So I said I'd talk about a bit about resistance and weakness. People build fire decks just to stop Zacian. Um so there's quite a cu- there's a couple that are popular. Blacephalon was pretty popular. Um Welder like the Welder deck format was very popular for a while. Uh lacked a little bit of the consistency that this has like this is this deck is so it's so refined and it's so like you know it's it's the best version of the deck which is what you'd expect at the end of the format like the end of the rotation so you know it's hard to beat this deck even if you know exactly what your opponent's doing you have a perfect counter to it yeah it's just that good um so that's, that's pretty much it really like i you know i just wanted to give you like a an intro to the ccg a little bit of a description and then go through basically just go through like the best deck in the format that well, I think is the best deck. It's the most played deck um, statistically on Limitless TCG and just explain why everything's in there uh, you know, what it does and that kind of thing. So I hope this at least helps someone. Uh, I can, I would like to do another one about the upcoming format and talk about like what's going to be good um, what's going to be playable you know, maybe some deck building tips because things like Zashian will be taken forward, but anything Sun and Moon, so in this deck, 
in this deck, a lot of it will be taken forward. So like ADP's gone, Dedene's gone, uh, Marwal GX is gone, and Cryogonal's gone. But you still got the you still got Zashian, Crobat, Eldegoss, Orangaroo, and Zamazenta. So you can still build a nice core Zashian deck. Um, and again, a lot of these a lot of these trainers are still going to stick around. So yeah, if you're interested in that, then let me know. I'll get a guest on for that. Um, who's more qualified to talk about the upcoming format? than I am. Again, I've not played for, like, I've not been an active player for, like, a little while, but I understand, you know, why things work the way they do. Um, if you want more information, I would recommend, obviously, Limitless TCG. They're a great website. I'd also recommend some YouTubers like uh, Omnipoke. They are very good. Uh, Tricky Jim as well. They, you know, they Tricky Jim does live streams, playing, testing out decks. Omnipoke, I think, does as well, but they're mainly YouTube content, so... They, you know, cover new formats, they cover cards, they cover deck profiles and that kind of thing. So if you want to know more about, you know, if you want to get really deep into it, then that's good. Uh, If not, um, just build a deck and go to your local card shop and see if they have a league or just like a, you know, quite often they won't have a league or they will have a league, but they also have like a fun tournament night. People run online tournaments, you know, know, they might have like a discord that you can hop into, chat, play, play some games have a good time because at the end of the day you know it's about having fun with it like yes you can take this incredibly seriously and play for like world championship points and you know just try and compete at the highest level but for a lot of people especially like me I you know I didn't like competing at like I don't want to compete at a stupidly high level I just want to play you know a couple of games every now and then to have a bit of fun so yeah just in you know enjoy it the way you want to you know you're not going to have fun wrong uh by by playing to like a lower level so don't worry too much. And also, I you know I profiled one of the high, the most popular decks. There are decks that are deliberately not very good, and people just like having fun with. So there is a you know a vague tier system. Uh, so like, Zashi and ADP would be like t- like tier one, but there are tier two and three decks that you know are just deliberately aren't as good. They're just more niche. They're more difficult to play. Same with any kind of competitive thing, really. My advice would be just. Find find the people that want to play. Find a format that suits you, and just have a go. Like if you you know, the worst that's going to happen is you don't enjoy it and you don't do it again. So yeah, so that's basically what I've got to say. Um, thanks for listening. This has somehow been nearly an hour long. Don't know quite how that's happened, but I will. The podcast. Sorry, it went away for a while. It's not over. Like by any means, I was just a bit busy. Um, I went on holiday and then I've been like searching for jobs and that kind of thing. Um. So yeah, it's the new day will be a Monday though. It will be a Monday, at worst a Tuesday. That just gives me the weekend to to record the the podcast. I was trying to record them during the week, and obviously a lot of people were busy. They have work to do, and, and it's just it's just more it's just easier really to get people to be free at the weekend. So yeah, I look forward to you know hearing from you. If you if you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram. It's Graydon Growlitz. I can try and help with any of your questions about deck building or if you just want to say hi or whatever that's good with me too so i will see you very soon and goodbye